0: It's time for America's most unique motorsports show. Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Brought to you by Rod & Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod & Supply. We want to thank them so much for being a great title sponsor to our show. Got a good show lined up for you today. Steve Post is going to join us here in just a little bit. Trenton Barry Chase Rodman is going to be joining us as well today. And uh, man, what a great, great weekend out at Kansas Speedway this weekend. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this was the best race since the inception of Kansas Speedway. What do you think, Kurt? Uh,
2: right up there. I remember the uh, win of Jimmy Johnson and Carl Edwards when Edward tried to pull a slide job on him one time. That, that was certainly a memorable race. But in terms of the entire race and the number of lead changes we saw in this right. race, I would have to agree that you'd I have to rank this one right up to the top of the list because... Of the record number of lead changes we saw in this race. Right.
1: Well, um, so what do you think about the end of that race, Kurt?
2: Kyle Larson's car got loose, and Denny Hamlin had the faster car. I think the Toyotas were stronger the long on the long runs. Chevrolets. Uh, Kyle Larson, William Byron, earlier in the race, he made a big right. rally coming up through there. But I think the Toyotas were just better on the longer runs.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I, You know, Kyle Larson has to take a little bit of that responsibility himself because he, he just tightened up there and got loose. And, you know, it, it, it really just boiled down to Kyle Larson not – not having the car that he needed to win that race at the end of that race.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Larson, that yeah. just goes to show you how great of a driver he is to be able to stay out in front as long as he did because clearly Hamlin had the faster car there in the last right. 10 laps of that race.
1: Yeah. William Byron looked like he might have a chance to win that race there towards the end of the race too.
2: He did, and he came from two laps down right. in that race after starting on the pole, got into the wall twice, and to be able to rally back as strong as he did to – end up in third place after you know he a large portion of that race he was having to fight back uh, to get himself back into contention so I mean we knew he had a strong race car when he qualified for the pole but uh, he had a couple of things go bad for him during that race and rallying back from two laps down and finished third that that was a big day for him.
1: I think the biggest conversation about after the race was uh, Noah Gragston and, and Ross Chastain having a little beef. Todd, you were, you were down there. You were real close to that, weren't you? You were right on top of it, weren't you? Yeah,
3: so I was in the – I had staked myself out in Kyle Larson's pit stall because that's who looked like it was going to be. The winner. The winner. And there happened to be an open pit stall. And if you're a member of the media with a photo credential, you can camp out in an open pit stall. They allow that. Right. So I moved on into an open pit stall with another person from uh, NASCAR Media. (laughs) And so we were there. So I'd staked out my spot ready for either the best victory celebration or the worst agony of defeat. Right. Yeah. Obviously, it was the latter. Um so i i I, i'm gonna pull a few photos up so i'm taking a few of these photos and you know these were this is obviously as he's already understanding you know the outcome of what's happening right right. um i make my way down this is the victory celebration photo you know they're they're doing the he's got his burn off and going and so i made my way down and here i am in front of kyle larson's thing taking photos because I assumed he was not going to be happy, right? Yeah, I mean, we kind of all thought. We would assume Ka- that he wasn't going to be happy. Kyle's a low-key guy. We know that. But I assumed right. that this might have been the one that was going to be the one that was going to So I kind of come. And then all of a sudden, you kind of heard an uproar, right? Right. <laughs> and, the, and the crowd. Give it to the crowd at Kansas Speedway this week. They stuck around for the victory celebration. And and, you're
1: popping off some pictures, too.
3: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so what you're seeing here is this is the media scrum. You see even NASCAR. Now, if you you go through the photo credential thing, we're told you're not allowed to take your camera and hold it above your head when you're taking photos because it's a safety issue. (laughs) Well... When when something like this breaks out, all those kind of things kind of go out the window. Right. Because you hold it above your head. You do what you can to get the shot. Right. And as you can see, there's more than one camera guy here with his camera above his head, and um, there's people, the onlookers, and what have you. And then there's the shot that I got. That's just how close I was. That's that's the left, the right, or the left cheek of Noah, which was connected by the right hook. Of,
1: Ross Chastain got a good one in on him. That
3: that hook connected right there. Yeah. That. that was
2: after Gregson put his hands on Ross Chastain, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. He grabbed
1: his fire suit. He
3: grabbed his right arm, grabbed and, Ross. And,
1: and then and then Ross Chastain grabbed his right arm
3: and he told him, "Don't don't do that."
1: Don't do that. And, and then he punched him in the face.
3: He he, he gave him a sh- gave him sh- Gave him a shot, and, and then... I loved it. In the interview, he said, a big man at track house racing once told me we do not... Or no, a big man here in ours said, once told me we do not put a push and shove at track house racing. And once he crossed that line, then I had to let him know.
2: And you know, <laughs> Chastain gets blamed for everything, and if you watch the incident that precipitated this fight, Gregston and, Road, and, and Chastain gave him plenty of room. Yeah,
3: he did. Right. It wasn't as, as. Here's what it was. I saw a quote that somebody said. Apparently, um, who was the guy? Um, drawing a blank with the guy who had the broken leg um, that's been out for a while, Chase. Alli- Chase. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott told Gregskin, "Look, if if you don't want Ross Chastain." doing this you're gonna to have to go up there and kick his butt well i don't think he'll take advice from elliot no more because no. Uh-uh. he found out what a watermelon farmer from florida will do to you right he'll punch you in the face as quick as he's you, lifted
1: a lot of watermelons He's throwing a lot of watermelons my friend right yeah so uh tammy says happy monday boys lots to talk about today starting with hamlin talking about the best car driver in america uh wasn't even sorry, but, you know I I wouldn't have been sorry either. If somebody comes up and grabs me, the first thing I do is punch him. Yeah.
2: Are you talking about Hamlin? I versus think she's Wilson? talking about Hamlin. Let, let, about let me just tell you, Shane.
1: when when somebody puts their hands on me, yeah. Kirk
2: fights on. But
1: that that's when I start swinging.
2: Yeah. Well, obviously. Kirk,
1: you've never been in a fight, have you?
2: Back when I was a young kid, but yeah. it's
3: been no. since high school for me so it's not <laughs> yeah we've all gotten in it's story. been high I've, I've been yeah. in hundreds of fights yeah. It's different. let me tell you the the atmosphere here's what I noticed what was really different. people who act like they're tough, right? Are big guys on pit road that look all of a sudden walked what wi- right away when the punch connects when
1: they when this fight starts only happening. two
3: guys stepped in they were security guys the big guy that you saw with the bald head and then the other guy that's the <laughs> only dudes who stepped in it looked like maybe they had been in a fight before everybody else kind of went oh this is getting real I'm leaving
1: if right.
2: they if they hadn't stepped in. Uh,
1: that, I mean, we'd have seen a really big fight. Oh, I, I think that it oh, yeah. would have been much bigger.
3: No, that somebody even said, why did you hold that guy? Because that guy held uh, Gregson's right, because he was coming back with the right hook with his own.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, uh, we went down and got Noah, uh, Ross Chastain's reaction to all of this down in, behind his holler in the garage area. I, I wasn't able to get a reaction from Noah Gregson, but you want to hear. What Ross Chastain had to say? Not much. He didn't really want to talk about it that much. But here is, uh, here is the reaction of Ross Chastain after he took his fire suit off and cooled down just a little bit.
4: Um, tight racing off turn four. Um, left him one lane
5: exactly. And that uh, was that. What was the discussion post-race um, that you guys had on pit road? That's between Noah and I. Mm-hmm. No.
4: uh he did the same thing after talladega hit the plane um and nothing happened but that wasn't the first time he's approached me like that so
2: there's the reaction of ross chastain
1: right uh cole says um, let me let me scroll this back up here cole says i'm not a chastain fan but that was beautiful Gregston has been a spoiled brat ever since he came into the sport the winner of the f around Find
3: out. F around and find out. Right. That's that's a new thing on on social media. It's when you F around and find out.
1: Yeah. (laughs) For the weekend. And he did. He did find out.
3: Um, Like you said, I've been down on pit road when there's altercations. Scott, you have two in these NASCAR events. It's not usually like that. This was a real punch that connected, that made sound. Uh, it, It landed. It landed. And here's what, like Kirk and me, we got confused. So... I took pictures obviously right (laughs) I was taking pictures of everything and I started going back to take pictures of everybody else again Mm -hmm. Uh, I went back to take pictures of and then you heard the crowd scream and roar again and I thought
2: yeah I'm not thinking of Chastain versus Gregson I'm thinking about what we just witnessed between Hamlin and Morrison exactly
3: so you hear this crowd reaction and then that's when we knew the fight happened. So then after that they kind of get everything brought I run over get all my photos taken I take off head to Victory Circle so we could get the photo Right They hadn't even brought the car in yet Scott I I was way I was planning this perfect I'm standing there all of a sudden the crowd reacts like another fights happening I turn around. You
1: think it's it's going again?
3: I turn around, head right back to pit road. You have to jump over the wall, right? Get over there. What it was? They're showing the replay on the video giant boards, and the crowd is still in the and they're stand, reacting. And they're to reacting it. to just a, wasn't they? Is was just as loud, Kirk. It was just as loud <laughs> yeah. a reaction the second time.
2: Yeah, and I thought maybe there was a second. That's fight what that I I occurred. was.
3: I took off running, and me, Claire, B. Lang, Claire B. Lang, and a couple others did the same thing because we thought, uh oh another fight they because gregskin was still trying to get around his people the whole time yeah it wasn't until the bald guy because <laughs> he got
1: punched in the face yeah and and, <laughs> right.
3: and and so i literally thought oh he caught him again he he caught he got him again and and then when i see they went together i thought oh i bet it's pit road guys right because they were still kind of
1: jaw on each other you
3: know there was a little beef and then i didn't until i looked up at the big screen and realized oh they're showing a replay and that's how much of a reaction so yeah it was uh an exciting end to uh i mean the racing was awesome guys there was side by side racing from beginning to end i mean you don't see a lot of passing on mile and a half but there was and there and it was slipping and sliding and I, i thought it was a pretty good race and then you know I watched part of it on TV like you did, Scott. I mean, you watched first quarter of it on TV and headed out to the track for right. stages two and three. I mean, it was perfect.
2: Well, that was Denny Hamlin's record fourth cup win at Kansas Speedway. Nobody yep. has won that many, but Denny Hamlin now has that mark. Kyle Larson did win at Kansas Speedway a couple of years ago, so he does have a win at Kansas Speedway. Uh, in the media center after the race last night, Here is uh, Denny Hamlin's reaction to winning the big race.
6: I knew we were better. I I saw him starting to get loose uh, pretty early in the run, but uh, we were able to kind of pick through William there, and then it was just a slow, slow march towards Kyle, and um, it really started uh, with about three laps to go or so. Um, I was able to get beside him a few times, but... Uh, There was one where we caught a couple lap cars, and I got to the inside of them, and and the lap car chose my lane on the bottom, and that really hurt us. I thought that was our best opportunity to pass them. Um, And then coming, uh, so we were two to go, I knew the only way I was going to have an an attempt to get near them was to get a huge run off of turn four. So uh, I ran way up high in turn three, uh, really kind of a Kyle Larson line, way up by the fence, and I just pulled it down and, and got a huge run. And that run down the front straightaway allowed me to pack air on him getting in the corner and get him up the racetrack so i could get beside him and so um we were both pedaling the the throttle on the exit um i was sideways and he was sideways and then as he started to kind of get ready to clear i knew it was going to be close whether he was going to clear me and uh, i'm just trying to grind on his left side trying to keep the side draft as tight as i could and uh, it's just a super sensitive part of the car. If you get to the left rear, and obviously it, it hooked him to the right.
2: Yeah, you watch <clears> that and again, and it was just a—it it was a tap. That—that'd be the way I would describe it. It really, you know, they made contact, and Larson's car was already loose and got up into the wall. You want to hear Larson's reaction to it all? Yeah. Here's the way he reacted after the race.
5: I haven't seen a replay yet. I'm um, obviously—I was really loose, and he got to my inside finally off a two and was, you know, side drafting, uh, extremely aggressively. We were, it felt like touching. Um, so I don't know if that just, he finally like touched me enough to turn me right, which was weird. I don't know if he was behind me or what, but it, it turned me right. Um, which was weird. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I want to be upset. I just haven't seen a replay to even know what happened. We had a good car. Um, yeah, obviously able to recover to 10th. I think there in the first stage. So, um, just kind of fought all day long, and Pickery did an amazing job. They really, they really got us up there to to compete for your know, leading laps, and ultimately, you know, trying to win the race there. So, you know, huge props to them guys. They've been the best all season. So, um, you gave us a shot.
2: Yeah, got yeah, really lucky. Lap four, Tyler Reddick got into him and spun him down and in, into the grass. Fortunately, his car didn't take up and go high up in the racetrack and make any contact. He was able to rally back from a lap four spin. Kyle right.
1: Larson led 85 laps.
3: Yep, there's a. We're looking at this photo I got right here. This is the moment where we're looking at the video right here. This is the photos I took as he was overtaking him for the first time, right here. Right. He, as he comes down through there, and Larson obviously cutting back through across, and then you'll see how close this is as they come back through. This is. A, I'm just clicking with my camera. Click 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 click. You know, it's just yeah. rapid fire. And uh, as he's coming around, you can see, here's where I was standing. You can see how close that was. They, I'm a, I'm a, that was tight. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can see that. That's coming to the home, you know, right there as the first. And that's as he's already passed him. So, yeah, it um it was great. I mean, like you said, it was back. And there was a back and forth there for a little bit, too. You know, it wasn't like he just overtook him right away. They've kind of, it was this kind of a play back and forth. And then right. it was a finally a. But there's a reaction of the guy. So. That's the shot. I'm I don't looking...
1: think Denny Hamlin has any no, nothing uh, to reason be... to be um, Not disappointed to in, in him running into Kyle Larson. Not at all. No, yeah, I
2: don't think so. You know, I, I first thought when I was watching it live that, yeah, yeah. Larson's going to be upset about that. And there'll be payback sometime. But if you go back, and I went back and looked at it again. And uh, Larson's car was clearly loose.
3: Yeah, he right? No Still doubt.
2: handling, so... The fact that Hamlin got into him, that it's on the last lap of the race. Right. So, uh, and you hear Larson's reaction is, you know, he said, you know, that's racing. So, Uh, I think that's what it was. It was was just a hard race.
1: I was a little uh, sad for Ty Gibbs there right at the end of the race. He was running up there in the top ten, and uh, he got in that wreck. And destroyed his car. Yeah,
3: Grandpa kind of mentioned a little bit about that, too. What did he and, say you know, about? He'd said, you know, we talked about all the – he's got a lot of drivers that he'd just like to see Ty be able to not get involved in that. Yeah. Because you know, it was just, you know, everybody
1: He finished, just tore the snot yeah, out of that everybody car. Everybody finished so well, and everybody, yeah. you know – Especially when
2: that left front – wheel or tire blew and tore heck, heck out it of It tore the, the right front fender right. off yeah, the car. Was yeah, it Yeah. Uh, and then earlier in the race, he got into it with uh, Martin Truax, but that was just kind of a – more of a racing deal yeah Martin anything. was looking good That uh,
1: let me tell you how many cautions did they have yesterday whew.
3: I'll have to pull that up
2: 13 something like that well I can look and that it, a lot of them that,
1: were, that was the record amount of of lead changes
3: and cautions in the,
1: and cautions yesterday when we were I, it, it, that could have been maybe one of the better mile and a half races yeah, that we've ever seen. we had
2: 11 cautions for 57 laps and listen to this stat 37 lead changes among 12 drivers. Yeah,
3: that means oh, you're battling back and forth. That's what I was saying. This, You kept seeing a lot of this coming. I mean, one pitcher would be the guy be on the top, and the next pitcher, the guy's on the bottom because right. they're passing. I, I'm i like you, Scott. There was a lot of action in that second stage. That's where a lot of the crashes had happened. Um, I'm walking through the museum. They're, they pulled one, two, three cars back on hookers as I'm, like, dragging all my equipment in, and I was like, I can't believe how many cars have crashed right. in the last.
2: It was a great race. Yeah. Action-packed the whole way, 37 lead changes. That That's what you get at Talladega or Daytona.
1: Right, no doubt. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Steve Post, the Postman's going to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supplies, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at Electric City Speedway on May 12th. So get down there and check them out at Electric City Speedway. We'll be back with more here on Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned.
7: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodEndSupply.com. Rod-in Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
1: welcome back it's mostly motorsports it's all brought to you by rod and supplies check out the power eye midwest lightning sprints down at electric city speedway on may 12th they'll be running down there joining us now on the show is a great friend of the racing boys the postman steve post joins us on the show steve how you doing brother
11: scott i am doing well man you guys entertained us uh Entertained us, as always. Kansas City didn't disappoint from the city perspective, and what a race we had yesterday, for
3: sure.
1: Man, there's so much to talk about about that race. Uh, You you talk about the carnage that happened during the race, the fight after the race, um, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson getting together at the end of the race. There was so much to talk about yesterday, wasn't there?
11: Yeah, and, you know, the way this track races is so good. It just is so good. It's wide. Um, you know, you, you've got room to race each other, and, and, it, and it shows. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of the comments, and this goes back to the truck series and even the Arca Series race, this track lends itself to, uh, to the aggressor, if you will. You can get alongside of somebody. You can even move somebody along the way. You can you can slide up into somebody. And this track really lends to the aggressor, and that gives you generally good racing. And it gives you the storyline where where we got guys throwing fist cuffs at the end of the day. You know, we got a guy that you know guy that. Got into another guy in the final lap, and one's right. happy and one's not happy, and uh, it just it just leads to everything that is so good about motorsports rivalries and 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 you know winners and losers and and frustrated people and you know I mean it was just it, it there was just everything we you had tire strategy we had pit strategy we had excellent pit stops we had pit mistake mistakes I mean this thing had everything and it was it was a ball right. Yeah, I mean, the
2: big the big move that uh, Denny Hamlin made to get around Kyle Larson. Uh, it, it, Larson's car got loose, and, you know, everybody knew going in the Chevrolets were better on the shorter runs. Toyota's better on the long run.
1: And Denny was much better on those long runs.
11: Yeah, he was, and he had a couple of shots at Larson. And, you know, the the, the NASCAR protocol, the protocol in racing is last lap, all bets are off. Right. You know, I mean, and, and the bottom line of it is he got up into him. Denny told me in victory lane that it was a mistake. Okay, well, that's fine. We, we, we might interpret uh, things a little bit differently as far as that goes. But the bottom line of it is, is you're going for the win. You're on the final lap of the race. And you got a guy who's a sitting duck in front of you, you right. know. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, you haven't won since the Coca-Cola 600 last year. And you've been close multiple times, and you've shot yourself in the foot. And you've given away wins this year. Uh, yeah, seize the moment, Denny. Go up there, if you need to, if you, if you need to ding up a fender on it a little bit and uh, and get the win, go get the win. That's that. That's that's what it's all about. That's racing the way it is, in in my opinion. Yeah.
2: And Larson wasn't that upset about
11: it at the end of the race. Well, okay. Kyle is never upset about anything. You remember when Buck Wallace got out and pushed him and shoved him around and took three shots at him? Kyle wasn't right. upset then, okay? Yeah. I, I think I think Kyle I don't think Kyle was happy, but in the long and storied history that we know Kyle Larson, you would never know it by the way his demeanor, by the way his temperament is. Uh, he he's not a retaliator. He's not a fighter. Um, you know, I, I'm sure he was disappointed. I know the conversation on the radio was, and, and so this was not Kyle. This was Cliff Daniels. as I can't believe the eleven would race this like that. I can't believe the eleven would race this like that. To my knowledge, Kyle never said anything. But Kyle's demeanor is, yeah, I'm sure he was disappointed. Was, shoot, he got spun out of the lead twice. I mean, lap number five, he got spun out of the lead. I mean, yeah. how many guys get spun out of the lead twice in one race? You know, I mean, and uh, the beginning of the race and the end of the race. So I'm sure he was disappointed. I'm sure he was frustrated. Kyle is one of those guys that is really never going to show that in his post race comments and moves on, uh, hikes up his bootstraps, and and roll into Darlington, uh, and he will be one of the cars to beat this weekend down at Darlington again.
1: The the 45 when he spun him early in the race. Man, he just charged back through the field. That was an amazing feat, wasn't it? Dude, I had their pit box. I mean, there are
11: times when this sport, you just watch something. There are times, and I've seen it more with Larson, but then there are other times. But there are just times, and it doesn't matter if it's a midget at the Chili Bowl or if it's a dirt late model at at, at um, you know at, at, at some dirt late model track up at Volunteer Speedway, or a wing sprint car at Silver Dollar Speedway in Chico, California, or a Cup car at Kansas, there are just times when Kyle Larson is the show himself. And him coming back through that field was the show at that time in the race. I mean, inside, outside. Okay, you want to run the top? I'll just drive by on the low side. They had a really good race car. Obviously, he raced up to the front, and he was making moves, and he was not wasting a lot of time there in the back of the pack. It was fun to watch. You're right, man. It was. It's it, there. Are, there. Are, he. He at times. He at times. Just and, and you notice it more in a cup car because it's very rare that you see a driver difference in a cup car or that dramatic thing. There are times where he's dramatically different in a cup car, and him racing through the field was dramatically different.
2: And you're going back to a racetrack this weekend at Darlington. I remember a couple of years ago, Hamlin and Kyle Larson duking it out. So we may see something different this weekend at Talladega between you know
1: I'm not one of those guys that think Kyle Larson tries to retaliate against somebody else that when they have a problem with each other I don't I don't I don't don't see Kyle Larson that way do you
11: when I'm with you Scott when in the history name an instance where he's done that right you know I mean I just I just don't He's just not that sense. I mean, he had the little the little dust up at the at the dirt race at Bristol with Ryan Priest. I don't I don't think there's any portion of that was was Kyle retaliating at all and that sort of thing. I mean, and he's had he's had dust ups with drivers, but he just has not historically been one of those guys that uh, okay, I'll just go there next week and I'll outrace you. Yeah, you know I mean, right. and, uh, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't outrace everybody at Darlington this weekend. He's that good.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean that's uh, that was a classic finish in the Southern 500 a couple of years ago. Uh, I got to tell you, that's the first thing I thought about. That's the next track they're going to when these two guys were going after it yesterday.
1: Yeah, but I, I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't see anything happening. I, I what Kyle does more than anything when he wants to get back at somebody, he just outruns them. That's what he does, right? He, he just does.
11: I mean, and when you, and when you say outruns him, you could also probably substitute the word
1: outdrives him. Right. You
11: know, no I mean, doubt. man, I am telling you, the, the guy is just something special. He really, truly is. And and he ha- and he uses that special ability, that special talent, that ability to plug into a race car and to sense a race car and to feel a race car and to understand momentum in a race car. And he uses that obili- uh, ability and he'll get the best of his rivals over the long haul most times, you know. Yeah. And, uh, drive them crazy while doing it. And, and then they get out of the car and they don't even have anything to complain about because he just, just out drove them. You know, well, I, I found mean, it, he's, he's, I, he's fantastic.
2: I found it interesting that Hamlin said in the presser yesterday, you know, Larson's going to win more races than I will. And this is coming from well, somebody that's
11: still looking please, for please. his first championship. Yeah, at least at least Denny, kn- I'm I'm not going to argue with Denny on that point. I'm no doubt. It's like, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I, I I think Denny knew what he was talking about there. Yeah.
3: Denny's, Denny's crew chief even called Denny, commented, and said. My crew chief said, this is the greatest living driver we have right now. And he said, that's no, my own crew chief. I
2: thought he was referring. I thought he said that about Hamlin himself. I
3: don't think so. I think he uh, was talking. He before he came in there. I mean, he, he said he talked about Tim later on. But right. Hamlin re- yeah. said, well, my, my crew chief he, even he, said that.
11: Yeah, this is one of the really neat things about the spot we're at, guys. And I know over the course of time when we were doing the, the weekly show and everything, we talked about the impact of pay-per-view and the, uh, the, the Kyle Larson impact since 2020 when he got booted out of NASCAR and all of that. The reality of it is, is these crew chiefs, that NASCAR garage area, they're tuned into Dirt Vision and the flow racing as well. And so those crew chiefs, whether they're Kyle Larson's crew chief, Cliff Daniels or other crew chiefs are all watching this and they'll sit down, they'll work their guts out at the race shop on a Tuesday. And then they'll sit down and say, high limits is here. or The late models are at volunteer speedway. I'm going to plop down. I'm going to relax. I'm worried about my race car and you turn on the TV and there's Kyle Larson out there whooping up on late model guys or right, whooping up on right. sprint car guys. And you're like, man, this guy, this guy wears me out of my leisure time. Is what he's doing. So, yep, yep. uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's special. There's no doubt. And the the beauty of it is now with the, with the pay-per-view and the access everyone has a lot of people get to see it used to be, you know, used to be, I read about Kyle Larson winning at, at, at the volunteer speedway and speed sport news. Now everyone's watching it. They're seeing the highlights and they're just like, Oh my God. Gosh, this guy, this guy is something
1: else. Is Kyle Larson the best thing to happen to motorsports in a long time?
11: Yeah, I really think so. I mean, I just I, I name name someone, name someone who has done more. And, and here's the beauty of it with Kyle Larson: he actually made the biggest impact at his worst moments. Mm-hmm. You know, when when five year or twenty twenty when uh, when he was booted out of NASCAR. And and not only the big impact he had on short track racing and tying the gap between dirt track racing and tying the gap between that and NASCAR racing, you know, Friday and Saturday night and Sunday afternoon racing, he tied that gap together. He bridged everyone together on that as well. But also even just the way that he handled his misstep there back in 2020, and 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 the the patient way and 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 the the steps he went to to understand you know understand the the use of that word and, and why it is offensive. I mean, he did so much behind the scenes. I mean, I know he did. Yeah. I know he did a lot in front of the scenes, but he really genuinely wrapped himself in that to, to learn about his mistake. And and I think you saw it and it was sincere and it's genuine. And so you you, you take a guy like that that is at his worst moment the day after Easter 2020. He's at his worst moment. Right. Everybody is leaving him. They're all dropping off from him. He's unemployed, looking for something to do, gets in the motor coach, goes and runs sprint cars, but also goes and and learns about his mistake, learns about what he said, learned about what he did. And then when it came time with class and dignity addressed it acknowledged it learned the lessons he learned from it in the meantime he's coming to your track he's coming to my track to take all of our local guys money right and who doesn't (laughs) like that i mean he's barnstorming the country you know him and and caitlin and owen and audrey and the motor coach and you know at the laundromat of port royal pennsylvania doing their laundry and what's not to like about this story and then to come back 2021 win the cup series championship i mean this is this is the truly comeback story by a guy that's just shown class all the way through so i i, I
1: can't think of anybody who's done more across the board than what kyle larson has in, a, in quite some time and and he did a lot of things behind the scenes to make up for what he his mistake that he made right he he, he did a yeah. lot behind the scenes a lot of people don't yeah, know that
11: yeah, he's involved very publicly with a youth school up in Philadelphia and he did a lot of work with that. But but he actually and and remember what was going on in the world. We we were in a we were in a raucous time in the world. Of course we're all locked down on COVID, so we're all losing our minds there. This was when the, the the George Floyd situation took place up in uh, up in Minnesota.
10: Mm-hmm. Um,
11: so we had that, and and Kyle actually went and and learned from some folks that were involved in that. Totally, totally down low, totally off the off the radar. Right. He went to various uh, various um, African American museums and just walked through and looked at them, and 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 he just. He really put in the legwork behind the scenes. And what that gave him is an understanding so that when it came time for him to to talk to reporters and to talk to the media and to address – getting back to NASCAR, you know, it wasn't... I took a two-step program, right. you know, I checked all these boxes off, and where's my license to go NASCAR racing? It was sincere. It was heartfelt. It was way over what he what he needed to do to check the boxes, but he did it all so he could understand it better. He could yeah. understand... Face it, we... we we're we're all a bunch of white guys sitting around talking about it. We don't understand everything as far as the racial divide in the country. You right, know, no doubt. I mean, we don't understand that. And and and. Kyle went he made a misstep he made a mistake he was he was embarrassed by it he was booted out by it and he really rolled up his sleeves to try to understand that issue and, and I think there should be a lot, there's a lot of respect for him for doing that because he understands an issue that, that obviously he did not understand too much prior to prior to Easter that year right. and he really he really he, he just did it he just handled it he handled it Better than he needed to, and boy, that's that's that saying a lot. It's right. a real yeah.
2: inspiration, and a lot of lessons can be learned on a lot of different things. If uh, you get in trouble, um, he a lot taught, of different levels. He's taught us yes. at different levels of yeah. how to handle that kind of situation
11: no doubt about it and as I said and the same time and the same time we're we're going to the local track we're we're watching flow we're watching dirt vision at the time we're watching racing boys and Kyle Larson is wearing him out on the racetrack as well so yeah, I mean yeah. it's just it's it's amazing what he's done
2: uh, and, and you know the booze that came out of the grandstand I think more because of the people that were there yesterday they, they wanted to fans, see
1: Larson win
2: they're bigger fans yeah. of Kyle Larson than Denny Hamlin I think it's as simple as that
1: right no doubt
11: uh, I totally totally agree with you on that totally agree with you you know denny denny is denny's become a little polarizing there's no denying that i mean and it's just it's just you know i mean you know. i mean i i have no issue i have no issue with what denny hamlin did at the end of the race okay i don't either but he spent the last month on his podcast talking about racing to respect yeah that's you know, right he spent the last month on his progress these, and these young kids are not wrecking they're wrecking everybody they're doing everything right now, again I have no issue with Denny on that, but it's like okay, um, and I haven't heard the podcast. It'll come out sometime today. I haven't heard it, but I'll be interested to see what that is. And there's a lot of people to pay attention to that, you know. And so it's just it's just fascinating. But uh, there there was a fair amount of booze, and there will be a fair amount of booze in Darlington when Denny rolls in there as well. They, they did be, because because of
1: some of that, um, but but also there is a there is a lot of love for Kyle Larson out there in the NASCAR world. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kyle Larson ran his third sprint car race at Atomic Speedway this weekend. It was his 68th start and his 28th win, and it was only his third race driving a sprint car this year. What do you think about that?
11: just amazing you know it's just absolutely amazing and and he's you know i mean and, and he talked about it we had him on wing nation a couple of weeks ago and he he had gotten he had gotten out of the sprint car. I remember he, he and he got out of open wheel racing a lot he did not run the chili bowl he's been running the late model a lot and he went to 34 raceway with him and paul silva and i forget where he had he might have been the hard charger of that race he had a great run out there up in lakeside up there or you guys are at or yeah right there. and Yeah, he was top-five finish after starting, I think, 12th or something. And he came on Wing Nation the Monday after, and he said, i got to be honest with you. I forgot how much fun it is to race wing sprint cars with Paul Silva, and I'm going to do more of it. And I'm going to find some more races, and we're going to probably expand the schedule a little bit. And you know, because we're, we're all that way. Whatever's fresh in mind, you know, you get going to a different barbecue joint, you end up falling in love with it and say, "Hey, wait a minute, you know, Arthur Bryant's wasn't bad. Why would we stop going there? Right? You know, why why we stop going to this one? Why would we stop going to that one? And and he got running the dirt late models. Like why why did I ever start running a sprint car? Why didn't I run that as much? And so uh, coming, we we ended that whole interview with coming to a sprint car track near you, Kyle larson uh he is uh and and he, and he picked up the pace pretty good at atomic on thursday night for sure against the all-stars
2: well steve i asked him about that million dollar race at eldora in a couple of months he is all in on that you can bet oh, yeah. your bottom dollar he was starting to get ready for that the other night at eldora speedway that million dollar to win race in july is big on his radar screen
11: It's big on his radar screen and everyone else everybody else, and yeah. um i'm telling you i am telling you We got a young man from St. Helena, California right now by the name of Rico Abreu. Oh, yeah. His last three Eldora World of Outlaw races, first, second, and first. The young man is, the young man, you, you want know, to talk about Larson, you want know, to talk about Larson thinking about that million dollars. One of his best friends on the planet, Rico, uh, is, is thinking about it as well. It's, it's it's such an exciting time in motorsports across the board, whether it's yesterday's NASCAR race or the sprint cars, man. We're we're living in a pretty good time, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: How, how uh, interesting was that? I mean, Rico is running great everywhere right now. He's got Ricky Warner on his side. They used to be with Donnie Schatz. Schatz had the lead there for just a little bit at Eldora the other night, but uh, that that was pretty interesting, Ricky Warner with uh, Rico, mm. and they, he used to be with Donnie Schatz.
11: Yeah there's just a lot of talent and, and you know, Donnie shots is an Uber talented race car driver. That's probably the understatement that I've ever said on any radio program. You know, Rico talent is a very Uber race or very, very successful or Uber like successful car or sprint car driver. And, and Ricky Warner can still turn the wrenches and, and, you know, and, and, and make chess of things. And they have just found a rhythm. You know, they, the Rico and Ricky had all of last year. They, they, they ran quite a bit. They didn't run as much as they are going to plan on, plan on doing this year. And, and, uh, But, boy, they really found the rhythm, and they came right out of the box. I mean, remember their first race this year, they rolled right into posse land, into Lincoln Speedway, World of Outlaws versus the posse, which side is going to win? And Rico said, well, you guys argue about who's going to finish second because I'm going to take the money. That was his first race of the year. He went to 81 Speedway down in Kansas in one of the Outlaws, and now he's won at Eldora, and he bought one on Friday night as well. Uh, Rico and Ricky have got their poop in a pile.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I, it, it looked for a moment there that Donnie Schatz was going to get around him there for a moment. Did you think that for a second?
11: I thought that for a second, too. And we know what we're seeing out of Donnie Schatz is uh, we we regular we got regular season Donnie and, and and big money Donnie. You know, right. I mean, it, it, Donnie's been very lackluster, uh, except for that one August night, uh, Saturday night in August last year. Yeah. And I'll remember that, uh, that over that little, over that yeah. little place in Knoxville, Iowa. Um, you know, it's, it's great to think about what, it's great to think about Rico and what he might do with that million dollar race and Kyle Larson and everything else. But, um, I'm telling you what that, that could go to Fargo North Dakota just as easily as anything else the way he got that was getting around there and he has had a very lackluster season but boy when you roll into a place like Eldora uh you you you, you that that driver can carry that car a little bit further and a driver like Donnie Schatz. I mean I I thought he was going to have Rico as well at one time I thought oh here we go and and boy wouldn't that keep us all talking holy cow
1: Yeah uh, let me ask you this Steve have you heard that the Kovoyd and the eleven team have parted ways. Did you hear yeah. that? Yeah,
11: yeah. And, and uh, earlier this weekend, PPM Parker Price Miller left that team he was with. And then last night, uh, Crouch Motorsports announced that Buddy Kovoyd and and they're they're parting ways immediately. Right. That, Shocking. I'm I couldn't
2: believe that news when that came out.
1: Well, and, and I'm, I'm dumbfounded on that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. And uh, I noticed that uh, Skyler G. He's driving the ninety nine car too as well. Did yeah, you? I
11: saw that up at Atomic on. Uh, yeah. I saw that at Atomic on, on Thursday night. It's you know, but you know, I I posted something on our on our Wing Nation Facebook page, and I posted about it. it's just weird to be silly season in May. You know, we always think about silly season the last half of the year, the last month of the year. Yeah. Well, here's the reality. Look at how much money in the next three months between now and the Knoxville Nationals. Look at how much money is on the line. Oh, my God! You know, I'm not too worried about World of Outlaw. There's five guys worried about a World of Outlaw championship, okay? There's three guys probably worried about an All-Star championship. You know, there's three or four guys worried about a high-limits championship. There's a whole bunch of racers that are not worried about the end of the season, silly season stuff. There's a whole bunch of racers saying, May, we're getting close to that time. End of June, it's $250,000 up at CUSITS. We're going to roll into the million dollars at Updora we're going out to Knoxville and I think that's why we're seeing silly season now is a lot of people positioning themselves because the the, the bulk of the money is, is is going to be earned between now and uh, the first uh, first or second week of August
2: and don't forget the King's Royal pays pretty good coin too
11: Oh, that little one too. Yeah, that little that that oh. little that little race as well. Yeah, and, I mean, it's,
1: and, you know, it's it's called the month of money for a reason. And, and Houston's isn't going to be a bad race either.
11: Huh. Oh, Two hundred and fifty grand at Houston's, yep. man. Yep. Oh, man, I am telling you, because that was the race last year where Sheldon went from third to the lead on the last lap. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean. Good night. I mean that was that was the most incredible scene. That that was my my race of the year last year. I went to 160 races last year and that Houston's race when they were running for what were they running for? A measly 20, 25 grand something like yeah,
9: that. Yeah. I mean uh,
11: they were over that. You 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 you, you bumped that up to
1: $250,000 and uh it's uh, yeah, it's just going to be awesome. It really is. Steve, are we in the best time for sprint car racing right now, do you think?
11: You know, Scott, I'm in a weird spot because I've got all of 11 years of experience in sprint car racing. Okay, yeah, that's how yeah. long, or 12 years now, that's how long we've been doing Wing Nation. So I don't have a big background on it. But, boy, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to find any even old-timers that are like, well, I was better back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, think right. we had a, I think we had a period when the outlaws were starting to get on TNT, TNN for a regular basis. I think that was a pretty good spurt of time for it but we didn't have the level of competition that we have now. Right. I mean, this, this, is, this is insane what we have going on here now. I mean, I mean, I went out to, I went out to 34 Raceway in, in West Burlington, Iowa, and I'm telling you what, they, they had 49 or 52 cars, and I'm sitting there, and I'm telling you, there was 40 of those cars that are all, you could say that car could be in the A-Main at Knoxville. Right. That car could be at the A-Main at Knoxville. That car would be, be in the A main in, in Knoxville. And there was 10 or 12 cars, you could say that car could win the Knoxville Nationals. We have got it really, really good with the deaf. There's a lot of money coming in. I I, I, I think that, that we' even though there's a lot of angst underneath the under, underneath, you know with, with high limits and the world of outlaws and platinum agreements and everything else, I think the good thing is is that there's some people pushing other people to 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 keep this thing moving in the forward direction, and i don 't know what this looks like in another year 's time. It could be a complete blown up split between two series or it could be just a continuation of what we 're seeing here now but boy right now we're 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 reaping the reaping the rewards because there are a lot of good sprint car races and teams and drivers out there, and that even filters down to some of the weekly racing action. some of the smaller tours the moa the i r a tours like that King of the Western in right. California their races have been bonkers as well. I mean, it's just—it's a really good time for sprint car racing.
3: You know, yesterday me and Scott were doing the pre-race show here in the studio, and we flipped over to CBS because CBS yeah. was running a documentary on the world of outlaws during the during the afternoon on a Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, that was great. Yeah,
3: I mean, so that tells yeah, you I mean, kind of where we're at.
11: Yeah, I, I just think that there's a lot good going on. You know, and flows flow's got some stuff going on with Fox Sports. Uh, Fox Sports nut. Um, with some of their dirt track uh, programming. I mean, it's just we're, we're at a really good time across the board for sure. Yeah,
2: we asked Kyle Larson about that the other day. He's seen the first three episodes of that. Uh, Flow Racing right. produced Fox Sports show. Justin Grant, Tyler Courtney, some other stars. He said it's really good. Man, It is yeah, really yeah. good. You know, yeah, uh, May, May 16th is the premiere for that. You I'm
1: know, sure. uh, Flow has really stepped up their game. In the motorsports industry, you know they're showing over twenty five hundred races on flow this year, and it's just amazing what they're doing for motorsports
3: right they now. They were even covering the little race outside Kansas Speedway that we had out in front.
1: Right, they had that little race yep. out there on TV. I mean, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the USAC, the USAC quarter. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's it's
11: crazy. It, it's crazy to think about it, and I and I literally, literally, Scott, and I know you've got your studio there. You sit down, it seems like every day of the week we can watch racing. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, and 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 man, there's a lot of times between between the high limit sprint cars, between Castrol Night in America for Flow Racing, between the XR series, and a lot of this stuff is midweek high dollar shows yeah. where you get the who's who of the who's who of whatever the racing is. It's just it, we're, we're at a really good time,
2: and yeah. it's great racing. That's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. The product is as good as I've ever seen it, and I've been around this yeah. game for. Fifty-five years, and I'm telling you, the racing right now it's is as, as good, as, good as, it as it's ever been right. yep. on dirt.
1: It really is. Yeah, no it doubt. Really is. Steve, man, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us each week here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Uh, they'll be racing down at Electric City Speedway on May 12th. Get down there and check them out. Steve, thanks so much for taking the time, bud. We appreciate it. I know that you had a busy uh, yeah. what when do when did you get home today?
11: Uh actually got home last night. Got home about ten thirty last night. We were able to get out and we, we fly back on a charter plane with ATG Dirty Racing, so uh we uh, got home late last night, so uh, I'm I'm fresh as a daisy today, ready to ready to ready to knock out another week here. And you're
2: ready for Darlington, my fa- one of my favorite racetracks this weekend. Can't Love
11: Darlington, that. no doubt. Yeah,
1: thank you, Steve. We appreciate it. All
11: right, we'll catch up with you guys. Thank you. All right, Steve. there you have
1: it. There's Steve Post, joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. We
2: got a lot of dirt racing to talk
1: about that happened. We, this We've weekend. got a you lot. Think the of-
2: racing was good at Kansas Speedway. There was great racing at a lot of different places this weekend we got to talk about.
1: And we're going to get uh, uh, Trenton Barry and Chase Rodman on here in just a little bit as well. So um, stay tuned for that. We'll be right back with more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, you can see them race down at Electric City Speedway on May 12th. We'll be right back with more Mostly Motorsports.
7: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodEndSupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, mm-hmm. radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no
10: matter what it is. To learn more, go to Supply.com.
1: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power I Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, you can see them down at Electric City Speedway on May 12th. Joining us now on the show is our friend from RacingDirt.com, Trenton Berry joins us now. Trenton, how you doing, bud? Hey, busy. <laughs> busy you, last time of the week, but uh,
0: I'm back home finally and I'm. Man, you, you, with you.
1: you had your work cut out for you last weekend, didn't you?
0: Yeah, so I thought, I mean, my plans all along were to go to Baton City, Wisconsin, for the 50,000 World Outlaws race, and, and the USRA mods were there, too, and we only got we got one night in, so I drove all day Wednesday and got got up there Wednesday evening and uh, got settled. In time to go to the races Thursday, which were, were really good. Um, for first prelim night. Looking at the weather all week, it looked like that Kansas City was going to be the first of the two weather spots, right? Of my two, two places to go. Right, to take yeah. Events this weekend. And so Kansas City flipped to the good and Fountain City flipped to the bad. And I just happened to be at the one that was a long way away from home. So yeah. I, uh, I, I sat in the RV Friday night and uh, watched most of, the, most of the race from Lakeside. I will admit I didn't watch the A Main, but I didn't watch the A Main because I was getting pretty tired, and I knew what we were about to do the next morning was get up at 5:30, get all stuff rounded up, packed up, ready to head down the road, and I needed to make a seven and a half hour drive and be there well before hot laps Saturday night. So um, I figured at the very least I could I could get a recap driving home on the A Main and how it all played out, which I was able to. Uh, so. Yeah, that was that was my weekend. So I was in Kansas City Saturday night. That was completely unplanned, uh, but you know the way it all played out. I'm glad I was there. We had a had a great race Saturday night, so that was cool.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
2: Man, that was a heck of a finish between uh, the Tanner yeah. Mullins
1: and, and Tyler Davis. That was a heck of a race. It really
0: wasn't was it? a couple of guys that are. Uh, they're hard-nosed competitors. They have a lot of respect for each other, but they don't give they don't give each other an inch. They're both from Wichita and cut their teeth at, at 81, and uh, it looked like it was going to be Tanner's race there for the longest time, and then uh, the tire started to go down. You know, he, he kind of started to back up. And boy, Tyler Davis was you could smell blood in the water there clearly, and and he just went for it up on the top, which got to be a little treacherous, especially late. Um, but it was it was really the only place where there was any sort of moisture left. Lakeside was it was different Saturday night. I think it's probably the slickest I'd ever seen Lakeside. Short of I, I know I've seen it rubber in time or two, but that's very rare. But it, but to just to not to, to not lock down and to really be wide and able to race that was the slickest I've right. ever seen Lakeside. Um, so, anyway, it was unique. It was, it was a great race.
1: It was pretty thin up there at the top, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, there was just about one lane for a right rear—not not a car lane, but but you know you could you can fit your tire up there. Right. Um, and they had a they had a, a big caution in that late model race, which was after the Saturday night, and I was up there uh, that part of the track. I couldn't see that from the infield where I was at. I just kind of assumed um, that one and two was all the way in the wall, but it, it wasn't. You just you had to be pretty much perfect and, and willing to willing to cowboy up because it, it wasn't wasn't completely smooth up there.
2: Jake O'Neill really was strong. I was out there on Friday night, and Jake O'Neill yeah. really had him all covered. Uh, he still ends up with a fifth place finish after starting twentieth. He he just had a fast car all weekend, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and that's that's really what we've seen out of Jake. He's he's one of the he's one of the really really good runners in this series. No matter what the week is now, he had a he had a weekend at Webster City the weekend before. He'd probably just soon forgot completely about it, clearly by his performance at Lakeside he had. Um, so, you know, he's not immune to things not going his way either, uh, but he, he's very good at Lakeside. He's always been good at Lakeside, and uh, he's uh, showed that, obviously, with the win on the fifth. I, the the win's very impressive, but that 15 spots with one yellow um, is pretty crazy when you think about all those good cars he had to pass to get there Saturday.
1: Yeah, and, and you got to give uh, Rodney Sanders a little bit of credit too. He started 14th and he worked his way up to fourth.
0: Yeah, he's there. Rodney, Rodney's back. He's he's back. He's he's just he's so close. Uh, maybe it comes at Deer Creek where he rattles off a win or two. I I feel like when Rodney wins, I feel like he's going to go win two, three, or four. You know, maybe not consecutively, but in in a, in a pretty short order here. Um, Rodney's you know the. the the calendar's flipped here, where the, the weather's turning. I'm going to get a little warmer. Rodney's very good at Cedar Lake as well, and that, that's another big one coming up um, in the middle of June for the USMTS. So he's he's going to win something here in the next month to six weeks for sure. And, what, and probably my, my guess is he probably wins more than once.
1: What was going on with Terry Phillips? He he, he started twenty third. He ran twenty second. What was what was going on with his car this weekend?
0: So he he had a He had motor trouble. So, TP has had serious motor trouble. That's, he's had three. Um, he's had trouble with three different motors so far this year. Um, that one was the – this was his last one he was down to. This This was a borrowed motor, a different one. This was not a Durham uh, from from Bumper Jones. He borrowed it, and that's what he had been running. And so, he had a, had an emergency provisional there for the end of the field and so Brandon Givens didn't make the race, so Brandon Givens won his race car, so T.P. wasn't in his race car to start that evening Saturday night, so motor trouble for T.P., and he's he's got stuff sent off, and he's kind of like a lot of racers, just wait, waiting to get stuff back, and he was he was fully prepared and ready to roll here for the season to start, and I think that he had this much trouble, you know, and T.P., it's kind of interesting because you know, a lot of racers are on, are on pins and needles, and they don't, you know, they'll run lapped-out motors, and They'll take they'll take parts to a builder and and assemble this and assemble that and you know make combinations work. I mean TTP's got the best stuff that's available and and he's having had some trouble. So yeah, um, they got they got a couple weeks. I guess is probably the best thing. And they got to, got to figure they'll probably have at least one motor back and something figured out to uh, get to Deer Creek for Memorial Day weekend here. Yeah. But yeah. it's engine, engine trouble. Let me
1: let me ask you this, Trenton. Who is uh, who is the best local USMTS drivers? Uh, Darren, Fu- Darren Fuqua is is he the best? Probably out of all the local guys that run with the USMTS. Yeah, I
0: think so. I mean, what what's our send me some mile boundaries here?
1: What are we talking? What say that again? Uh-
0: well, me some mild boundaries
2: here. Well, I'll put that. this out there, Trenton, and th- this just explains how sure. tough this is. Nick Benninger, who just absolutely dominates the weekly shows out there every week. He uh, run 23rd. 23rd after starting 12th. And Tim Carrick, he made the show on Friday night, but he didn't make it on Saturday yeah. night.
0: Kerry Davis, nowhere to be seen. Well, for, and for guys that have run a bunch of lakeside, yeah. I mean, I think you have to say it's Darren. He's,
11: he's just...
0: I don't know. I don't know the right way to say it, but he's he's just racing against so much more competition week in and week out. He's getting so many more reps, different tracks, sizes, shapes, dirt, um, everything. He's just he's racing so much right now. But yeah, I mean, you, you want to talk about guys you consider Kansas City area drivers for sure. they are a few places. He's, he's in it.
1: Um, let's talk a little bit about the late models that ran out there. They ran for $10,000 to win the Melbourne Bank late models what'd you think of that race
0: yeah it's actually it's really good that's um so I, here's what i think about this deal that they used to run around some mlra races 10 12 years ago um and they they've picked up the pace a lot uh, what, what i watched this weekend versus what i watched a decade ago um a series is night and day different to the good from from what it used to be in his I don't want to take the away from when I got started because they they found that thing for nothing. So you just you just deal with what you have to get something off the ground. But they've done a really good job growing that series. They've got some really good talent in there, um, and the the rules package was, was made for a pretty interesting show. I thought I had a had a great turnout of cars. Uh, you know, the late model world doesn't they don't get a whole lot of cars for a month, and that's just where it's at. I think right. I think a lot of the front car world feels that same pain. We're Fortunately, we're blessed to not be in quite that situation with the modified. They don't cross quite as much, but, um, that, that I think, you know, the only reason why, uh, we, you know, we could have a few more at races. I'm not weak in the weak but I yeah. thought the, thought the racing was really good. I was impressed with the talent that was there. I, I knew a lot of the guys from the MLRA days that had raced. Um, so yeah, I, it was cool. It was neat to see, it was neat to see something different. And, uh, they're clearly what, what Joe's got put together works. And I like that that was a challenge series between what used – they used to be the Deary Brothers IMCA, so what, what that East Series is They're calling the East Series. And the, the, their traditional SLM are the West Series, which was the original series. That was neat for them to come together and, and do that. And, you know, they – they certainly deserve their share of the limelight because those guys saw a good show.
9: Uh,
2: Jesse Sobbing had a great weekend. He won both nights, but I thought he he caused that big six car pileup down turn one when he came across the uh, front of uh, Dylan Haney, I believe it was. That, that
1: was a big pileup.
2: Big, big
0: pileup. Yeah, that's a huge pileup. I didn't see how that started. I, I I did not catch that. I was looking on the other other corner at the time. You know you, You always take the miss. You figure you're going to be right there on top of the action. You can surely at least catch what's going on. But I, I I totally missed what started. Yeah, uh, it was already happening.
2: Yeah, Sobbing came across. It was Jason Haney, who that was, and uh, I thought Sobbing didn't get him cleared. I think he thought he had him cleared, but he didn't. And when he went around, that just everybody was up on the top side, just piled in. It tore up a lot of stuff. But the really, the kid that was really impressive in that race was Dylan Silman who led
0: yeah quite a bit of that race
2: and it really looked like he was gonna get it done, young guy.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. First time I'd ever seen him race. He's nineteen years old and um, he wasn't afraid he got turned smash on it, I'll guarantee it. He uh he looked good. It was uh it was interesting to watch and I'm gonna keep keep my uh keep my eyes on that, that kid, you know, for the foreseeable future here and kinda of see where his
9: Who's your, who's your new
2: announcer with, with the, the USMTS now? Did a great job. You, you
1: got you got a new announcer,
2: didn't so Ryan. You? Ryan.
0: Well, so he's he is so. Chesterman was never is never going to be able to do the whole tour anyway. Bryce never could either since they started the arms series. So there's nothing out of sorts here. Just the arms had a three race weekend this weekend and it got trimmed to two because Sunday night rained out. So Chesterman was down in Louisiana this weekend. They were at Boothill Hill Friday and they were at uh, Chatham on Saturday. So that's that's where he was at. So that, that position is also the race director for the arms series. So that's why Chesterman was gone, and um, he's going to miss oh, a couple, three more weekends with the have arms races that, that overlap. So, uh, but Ryan Bergeson is who I worked with this weekend. He is um he is Doctor Ryan Bergeson. If if we'll start and give a brief rundown of his history, um, he is the superintendent of schools at the. Uh, uh, in Memphis, Missouri, at their school district, Scotland County, um, the school district there in Memphis, Missouri. He's originally from and grew up in Webster City. He's been the track announcer for over 20 years at the Hamilton County Speedway. Wow. And he's just – he he and another guy named Brian Denicus. They're just kind of – they're a couple of Todd's guys, and they're a joy to be around. And anytime we're Webster City, Mason City, I always work with them. And they travel a little bit outside of the area, too. They've been a part of the USRA Nationals, both uh, uh, Bergeson and – and Denicus. So uh, yeah, we were lucky to have, uh, we call him Berg for short. It's, uh, we were lucky to have Berg with us this weekend. He is extremely talented. He loves racing uh, and he's, he's very, very up on the series. He he and Denicus, they don't, they don't miss the USMCS race. Even if they can't be at them, they, uh, they tune in and watch them online. So just great friends and uh, they, they do an awesome job. And I'm, I'm thrilled that we got those guys to help us pinch hit here this summer to, in the US schedule and there we can't do there.
2: And it's a pack Pat Graham really did a good job filling in for you on Friday night, uh and getting yeah. commentary in the booth on Saturday night.
0: He, he's super. So we kind of we made that plan late. I asked Pat, I said, Hey if I come Saturday, do you want to go to the booth. Pat's Pat's great in the infield. He's a great race analyst too. Um so with, with Pat being able to do either one of those roles, I I'm not necessarily cut out to go be a race analyst. that's, that's not really my not really my cup of tea you need you need somebody that's set behind the wheel to do that and pat pat's so good at that 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 job and he showed that saturday he he took that thing last minute um i think i only gave him a couple weeks notice i said hey can you make this work he said sure no problem and so that was awesome that, that pat came and did that he's he's such a great friend of ours he's you know he's been on air with us off and on for oh over a decade now and and uh, he's so great because he, he kind of handles this uh, working schedule at the beginning of the year. Hey, I think I can make, make all these dates work. And this, this one originally wasn't on that schedule. And I know, I know this is getting to the time of the year that Pat likes to race his stock car and it's modified up in Iowa. And I made him assure me that he hadn't planned on racing this weekend. So I don't really know if he hadn't assured, if he had planned on it or not, but he, he made it work for us. And I, I, I really sincerely appreciate that from Pat if, if the, if, if in, the, in this life everybody listening to this, could have have a friend as good as Pat Graham. The world would be a better place. He's he's just as good as we get.
1: We're visiting with Trenton Berry from racingdirt.com the home of the USMTS Modifieds and USR, USRA Modifieds as well. Um, Trenton, let let me uh, let's let's just step back a little bit and talk about the the, the racing that took place at Lakeside Speedway this last weekend. Uh, first of all, were you a little disappointed that it didn't rain on Thursday?
0: Was I was a little disappointed it didn't rain on Thursday. Well, well it, it, so, it
7: didn't
1: rain, right? It, it didn't rain on Thursday,
7: like so, they said it so was
2: going
1: to. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's man, it's just such a crapshoot, you know. Like it, it wasn't going to rain in Fountain City where I was at, and it, and it fell a flood. So. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think that. Um,
1: you don't get, you don't get too worked camp, up over that.
0: I don't because you know why? Because I've, I've went and taken and, and I've put my money on the line and I've put my money where my mouth is in these races. And I, I have a whole different understanding and appreciation than I would have when I was 22, 23, 24 years old and thought, oh, well, you know, I might as screw all this up all the time. And it's, it's right. not that easy. and. So here, here's the hard part, right? Even even though it didn't, and, and I wasn't sure, I didn't ask anybody if it rained Thursday or not, but if you're saying it didn't, I'm going we'll to go with that. Uh, it, it's already rained it out in so many race fans' minds, you know? And if that's, that's, well, a lot of times that's just as bad. As
3: right. What they're
0: showing leading up to the races as much as it is the actual race days. So I don't. I don't fault them for readjusting their schedule, and I—I I, right. don't listen. I don't care if it's Todd or any other promoter. It, it doesn't matter to me. It's
1: right. It,
0: it's a whole different ballgame when it, it's your hip pocket that has to make that a move. Work
3: right, and, right. And it has
0: to come out. So I, man, I—I I re, I really
2: don't. Yeah, you know about that, Scott.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure do. Uh, hey, hey uh, let me ask you uh, one other question. What about Dallas yeah. County closing up, man? that that's a little painful to your heart, isn't it?
0: Oh, for sure. It, it for sure was. <clears throat> I um I just drove by it a second ago. That's funny you brought that up about ten minutes ago. I went right by it. Um I uh yeah, a lot of a lot of emotions for that place. And i I'd, I'd be lying if I told you it wasn't. I mean that was that is was and is home for me and what got myself pointed in this the right direction for all this. Obviously not knowing what the outcome would be twenty five years down the line. But um yeah, it's it's uh usually racetracks close because they can't like they can't pay the light bill, the insurance, the purse, all of it, some of it, you know, whatever the case may be. Dallas County was having park counts as good as they'd ever had and counts were pretty good too. Um, being in more of a rural area, sponsorship money is never going to be record-breaking. But, you know, for, for what was in the area, um, Scotty did a good job, you know, raising raising capital uh, for the racetrack, too. So, they just said they wanted more family time. I told him, I went and did his last, you know, we did those uh, four-ring tune-ups last year in the middle of the week. They were kind of fun. We, we sat at his kitchen counter and did those last year, and so we did he did one final one, and he texted me and asked if I'd, I'd come do it with him. And I told him I would, and I told him that deal. I said, "I said I'm not mad at you, and I don't hate you. I'm just gonna be pissed at you till the till the end of the week." So. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah.
2: Was that a sudden decision, I, you know, or did you see that coming?
0: Yeah. No, it was. It was. It was really sudden. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know, guys. I don't really have much more. On it. I mean, it's just everybody's going to do what they're going to do and what, what they feel right, what they feel like's right for them. And um, I, I owe that family so much for you know, kind of setting myself in motion and for what would come in my career down the road and, and you know, ha- having a place to not only have something to do on Friday nights in my youth, but, but just take, take into the sport uh, and having a feeling for it like, like I do. Um, it all it all started and developed and blossomed because of Dallas County Speedway. So, yeah, um, I love that place. It sucks that it's gone. Um, yeah. So hey, hey, what do you got coming? Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm still kind of numb to it a little bit. Maybe I I feel like I don't. I've been so busy these last three weeks. It's just been go go go. You know, I've only been home a couple of days a week each of these past few. So this is going to be the first week that I'm going to really be able to be at home a number of days and yep. you know drive by it and all that so I've, i i i I probably, I probably need therapy guys i'm not gonna lie i probably need some therapy <laughs> right no no doubt
1: <laughs> hey what do you got coming up this weekend trenton on on RacingDirt.com.
0: yeah so we're we're pretty slim to be honest i know we we got some weekly racing um it's uh so, oh, gosh, Fountain City and Deer Creek, and I believe we are back at 81 Speedway again as well, and some, some regional action. So um, we got we got a couple weeks now here to kind of set and regroup. We we have went hard these past three weeks. It was it was 81 three weeks ago, two days home, uh, Hamilton County, two days home, and then everybody else went to Lakeside, and I went to Fountain City and was, was home two days. So. Uh, I'd I'd be lying if I told you we were ready to go again right now. I'm, I think everybody on the, the crew is going to be glad to have, have a couple more days at home this week before we all kind of disperse our own ways and figure out what we're, what we're going to get after this weekend. So
2: the next big USMTS, you've got four days over Memorial Weekend, uh, Deer Creek Speedway, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 20th Annual USMTS Southern Minnesota Spring Challenge. And then you've got a night at West Union, Iowa. That's going to be a big weekend over Memorial
0: Weekend. Yeah, it will be, and that's, that's awesome that Deer Creek stepped in there and took all three days of that. I mean, I'm super pumped for that. You know, we'd always been the Saturday night of that weekend it always been at Deer Creek, <clears throat> but um, it's cool. They stepped up to take Thursday and Friday in addition to their Saturday, and that'll be a huge crowd and a big-time event. I I love that racetrack, guys. It's, it's one of the best racetracks in America, one of my favorite places to go to. So I took them to make my first stop of the year there at Deer Creek, and West Union will be a fun on the toss-in on Sunday night there with with Monday being a holiday as well. They they should have a monster crowd. That race has been on the Sunday at Labor Day weekend the past few years, so swapped it to Memorial Weekend this year. Um, should, should be a great one, too. They usually draw a ton of people.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, Trenton, well, we appreciate you
1: taking the time to join us each and every week here on Mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. We love talking about USMTS Modifieds. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All right,
0: guys. Hey, sounds good. Appreciate it. And hope you guys all have a great week. Thanks,
1: Trenton. Right. Thanks, Trenton. There you have it, Trenton Barry. When we come back, Chase Rodman is going to join us here. We're going to talk a little bit about Rico Abreu's win at Eldora with the World of Outlaws and what's coming up on the World of Outlaws schedule right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Again, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Check them out at Electric City Speedway on May 12th. And uh, get down there and check them out, man. They're a good little organization, and uh, they're they're fun to watch. So check them all out right here on RacingBoys.com. We'll be right back
0: to Mostly
7: Motorsports with the Racing Boys rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod-in Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to
10: rodinsupply.com.
1: Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprint. Again, you can see them down at Electric City Speedway on May twelfth. Joining us now on the show is the Pit Reporter for the World of Outlaws. Chase Rodman joins us now. Hey Chase, how you doing, bud?
12: Hey, what's going on, guys? Just uh getting some some laundry going here. I'm gonna be packing up the suitcase, uh, heading to uh heading to Pennsylvania tomorrow morning, so yeah. not much going on right now. Yeah, a
1: big weekend
12: in Pennsylvania this weekend. Yeah, we run uh, Lincoln uh, Wednesday. Um, the weather is looking better than it did a couple days ago, so that's good. And then uh, the first the first two visits to Williams Grove for the Outlaws this year. We were supposed to go there a few weeks ago, but it rained out. So um, they haven't had much luck over there this year, but looks like we should be all right this weekend. Yeah. Last weekend,
2: Eldora Speedway, big weekend for Rico Abreu. Logan Schuart wins on Friday night, but Rico is really elevating his level of performance. He's good everywhere, isn't he?
12: Yeah, and he's good, especially at that place. You know, I I talked about him in the pre race show on Friday about how he could potentially win uh, either, you know, at least one night or both nights just because he's always good here, but then. You add in um, the expertise of Ricky Warner at that place and all the success he's had with Donnie in the past, and I feel like it's definitely a recipe for success. So, you know, he finished second that first night and, you know, was close, led that the uh, 29th lap of the race and finished second and all but dominated on Saturday. So um, he's looking pretty good for when they go back there for a lot of money later this year. Did did you think um,
1: uh, on Saturday night that... Donnie Schatz was going to make a move and, and pull off the win at, in that race? D- did you feel that? I, I I kind of felt it when he, he made a challenge there right late in the race. Grabbed
7: the lead once.
1: He, he grabbed the lead, and, and he took it from Rico. And I thought at that moment that Donnie was going to win the race.
12: I thought he had a chance both nights to win. Um, you know, it just came up a little bit short while those guys were battling at the end on Friday. But then, yeah, Saturday – it's the same story you know uh, I think the winner of the race on Friday led 29 laps and the guy that finished second led one and it was the same thing on you know Saturday so um you know, and Donny he had it rough right he had to start from 11th and was you know up to third or fourth pretty early in that one so he was definitely um, moving forward and I definitely thought he had a chance there but like I mentioned to him in, in his interview after the race, it, It just felt like he was catching the lap cars at the exact wrong time to be able to, you know, uh, make that pass. So, um, you know, a a great weekend for him, though, because he needed that. That was actually his first podium finishes of the season were Friday and Saturday. So uh, hopefully that gets them going for the rest of the season here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it, it, It always seems
1: to be that the cream rises to the top. Brad Sweet is now the current point leader. Worth the World of Outlaws. No surprise there, right?
12: Yeah, uh, and, you know, he didn't even really have that good of a weekend. He went backwards in both features, started on the pole the first night and finished fourth, and then, you know, I think he started fifth or something, maybe ran seventh or something like that on Saturday. So it wasn't even that good of a weekend. It's just Carson Macedo did not have that great of a weekend, finished sixth on On Friday, I think, and then on Saturday, he finished outside the top 10 for the first time since I-80 last year. So he finished like 13th or 12th, and that was enough for Brad to take the point lead. Now the question is, how does Carson, you know, respond to being uh, knocked out of the point lead, right? We go to Lincoln, he's been good there, but Brad's also been good there, you know. Um, So it's getting getting interesting. Uh, David was good this weekend, fifth and third. So he gets a little bit of those points back that he lost after DNF at, at Tri-State, and then Logan wins on night one and then crashes night two. So a lot of shuffling there um, this weekend. So yeah, Brett. Um, after this, I mean, it's hard to say, man. I just feel like there's just so much parity right now with with the series. So who knows how long that lasts for?
1: Is Rico the odds-on favorite to win Eldora, uh,
12: win the big money? I think he's definitely uh, in the conversation, in the top three for sure. I think after what we saw from Donnie uh, this this weekend, you know, passing as many cars as he did on Saturday, uh, he was good when he had to pass cars, and he was good when he started up front, you know. So, um, and I feel like he always rises to the occasion when there's the big money on the line or the big events. So, I think Rico and Donnie are obviously, uh, you know, at the front of that pack. I would say for the big money later this year a lot of people were going to you know say brent march uh but he did not have a good weekend at all you know he finished outside the top 15 i think both races um and those guys were left scratching their head kind of after that race so um yeah i think rico's definitely uh in the top three for guys to watch for to win the million later this year
2: you know i was looking at carson macedo and it was not as though he wasn't fast i mean he qualified number one in group a qualifying Started third in the A main, so it's not as though he did not have a fast race car, but it just uh, it seems to me like if they can just tweak on their setup a little bit, he can get a better finish out there.
12: Yeah, I don't know what exactly happened to him on Saturday. It's just, um, you know, it, you would have thought that on Friday things would have been worse for him because he qualified like 12th or something, and he, had, he started fifth in the heat race, but then he was able to rebound and put in the dash, but... Um, yeah, for, that's pretty rare for him to go from starting in third and going all the way back to 13th. Uh, I don't know how many times that's ever happened to him uh, here, especially recently. Um, but, yeah, he just um, just wasn't fast. I mean, there's no other way to put it, really. So yeah. um, I think he was, prior to this weekend, was one of the favorites, you know, to contend for that million dollars later this year. But after this weekend, um, they are probably going to have to go back to the drawing board as far as Eldora goes. Yeah.
1: What do you know about Kofoid and uh, the 11 team parting ways?
12: What, 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 do you know about that? Um, I've just been hearing over the last couple of months, really. And even last year, a little bit that Buddy and the crew guys, really, they just didn't get along very well. Uh-huh. Um, like there just wasn't, there wasn't much, um, chemistry, you know, chemistry. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for between all those guys. So, um, I don't know if he was particularly happy as far as that part of the situation goes. I think you can you can't not be happy with the car and the equipment and everything that goes along with it. Um, he just, he just wasn't, you know, gelling right with those, those crew guys. And I think that that was kind of what ultimately, um, led to what we saw here over the last couple of days, uh, with him departing. So, um, I have no doubt that he's going to, you know bounce back and get something but man I was telling somebody yesterday that what he had going I don't know if there's much better than than what he had right there right you know at this point in time in sprint car racing
2: yeah that's very shocking so who's going to step into that number 11 for Leighton Crouch
12: well you know I there's a lot of people that speculate in this guy and this guy and that guy right but I think the one that everybody's kind of pointing to and makes the most sense is Corey Eliason, right? I mean, he's, mm. uh, you know, running for Bernie right now, but those, you know, Bernie doesn't run a full-time deal. He runs every other weekend, it seems like, right? So, right. Yeah. Uh, and Corey's looking to get back on the national scene and be running full-time and, and making a living doing this. So I think Corey, he's a great driver. He's been on the Outlaw Tour before with Roth, um, and he's obviously really good. So, Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him jump in there.
1: Where do you think Buddy's going to end up?
12: Well, you know, everybody's kind of making the assumption that, you know, with the whole Casey Kane deal, him taking a little break or whatever, that maybe he jumps in the nine, right? Oh, Um, wow. I I don't know if I see that happening, but it would make sense, I guess. But other than that, I really don't know. You know, Parker left that 29 car for McCandless, but – those guys really don't have a crew chief they were using parker's you know kevin Osmolski, parker's crew chief that he's had for the last couple of years i don't know if mccannis even really has a, a crew chief that has proven himself to be uh, you know good or whatever so i don't know if that's where buddy ends up i don't really know at this point do we see him racing this week anywhere who who knows um right that's uh that one's a little bit tougher to gauge is you know i feel like we could say Oh yeah, this guy can jump in the eleven, no problem. But where does Buddy go from there? You know, that's kind of everybody's. That's kind of the main question in everybody's mind. Right.
2: Uh, you pointed out that uh, Lincoln Speedway kicks things off on Wednesday night. Was that? Is that where Rico won earlier this year? Or Was that?
12: A, yeah, that was where. Yeah, that yeah. was where Rico. Uh, he made it the first his first Outlaw start of the year and won. So right after the first race of the year, he was you know batting a thousand with the Outlaws. So. Um, I think we'll be seeing him joining us this weekend uh, at Lincoln and at Williams Grove. I don't see why he wouldn't after a win and after winning at Lincoln last time we were there. So, um, yeah, Rico, we had three wins already this year, and he's not even running full-time. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, no doubt. And
2: Williams Grove Speedway, uh, we've seen some good races there so far this year there's been last lap passes for the lead you know you know Williams Grove's been a good racetrack so far this year. you
1: know what's so unique about Williams Grove is the way they lift the right front tire off the ground going down the straightaway that is the most unique and I think it's because of how tight the corners are really the long straightaways and the tight corners they have to set up the car a little bit different at Williams Grove don't they
12: yeah, and you know my dad. Uh, before I got the this job with the Outlaws, he wasn't really a big dirt racing fan by any means. He was more of a he was more of a pavement guy. He always raced pavement late models in his whole career, or whatever. Um, but for some reason, you know that his favorite track whenever he watches Dirt Vision is always Williams Grove because they're picking up the front tires, right? And he and he's a big Lance DeWeese guy because he's an older guy, right? Right. Um. So that the pick up the or the left front tire off or, or sorry the right front tire on the straightaways. Um, that's always been my dad's favorite thing, but, um, you know, uh, Williams Grove, it's definitely one of the more unique tracks that we go to and yeah, they've had some good races so far this year. It's just, man, so I feel like most of the time when we show up there, um, except for the, I feel like last year we did have quite a few good races, but the first two or three years that I was going there, it was not very exciting. I mean, you kind of the guy jumped out front. You kind of knew what was going to happen. Not right. much passing, but recently they seem to have figured something out, and yeah. the track has been good. Remember the race with um, Zeb Wise, and I think it was Macri, maybe, and he made a last lap pass, like you guys mentioned. So yes. they've had some good races there. It's just they haven't been able to race at all. And They've only gotten two two shows in so far this year. Just too much rain. Right.
2: Yeah, and uh, keep an eye on Devin Borden. He could uh, surprise some folks this week. Yeah,
12: that kid has really come around as a driver. Yeah, he sure has. Uh, and even, you know, bouncing around from a, a ride or two didn't really affect him. It seems like it maybe even helped him a little bit. So right. um, Devin, uh, he comes f- kind of from my neck of the woods. I remember announcing him as an outlaw car driver in Northern California a couple of times when he'd come down from Washington to run the big races. Um, and he was always impressive when he showed up. So yeah. Um I I've, I've known that kid for a long time and it's cool to see him get these opportunities and he's making the most of them for sure he's you know every year that he's been there it seems like he's been able to get at least you know 2 3 wins. You know, we went out there with the Luxor ASES National Tour
1: and Devin was running with us at that time and when we went out there when we went out there he got a ride and he stayed out there and he hasn't come back. He hadn't went back to the Pacific Northwest. I don't think that I that I know of.
12: Yeah, I remember when we we went to Lincoln maybe two years ago, and he was there in his family car, the the 8, and made his Outlaw debut. Or it wasn't his Outlaw debut because he was here before at Skagit. But um, he had ran a couple races with the Outlaws. He ran a couple races in Pennsylvania, but then he showed up to Lincoln with us, and he made the show out of the heat race. Um, And I think, like, after that, like, everybody was like, holy cow, who is this guy, right? And that's when I think what Hefner uh, put him in his car a few weeks later, or maybe that next season or something like that. Um, but yeah, he's, it seems like he's one of those guys that as soon as, you know, the spotlight comes on and, you know, he's just one of those under at that point in time, you know, kind of under the radar guys that, uh, proved himself to be, um, a good driver, right? It was a surprise to show up at Lincoln, a guy from Pacific Northwest, like you said, there's no tracks like that around there, like Lincoln or the or Grove or Port Royal. And he was proving himself. Uh, which, you know, obviously turned some heads and where right. he's at now, like you said, he, he never went
1: home. Well, you know, he, he's got good blood in his genes. His dad was a pretty decent racer as well, wasn't he? You
12: know, I don't really, I've talked to his dad quite a few times. Great guy. Uh, I never actually knew what he raced. Obviously, if you uh, have a sprint car, your family's probably been in it at some point. Uh, but I always love talking to his dad. I know his, Devin's brother is a, a pretty good outlaw car driver himself as well, but uh, you might have to you might have to fill me in on what his dad's done. I, I think his dad won two or three championships
1: up at Skagit. Okay. Yeah,
12: that makes sense.
2: I I was really surprised that Brent Marks didn't run better at Eldora this last weekend. Here's a guy that swept the uh, historical big one and Kings Royal weekend last year. Uh, he started 18th and finished 19th and or finished uh, 17th in the a main the other night I, i thought i'd see better performance out of brent marks at eldora
12: yeah and so did everybody else i feel like and i was talking to heath moyle who's the you know kind of his right hand man as far as the crew chief and things like that go and heath was you know they those guys just seemed like they were confused and he was telling me that brent they were trying to run the same setup pretty much that they ran last year that won them those races and he just said that those the new tires, man, it just it completely ruined those setups, and they just they weren't working anymore, you know. So um, those guys, they've got a lot of work to do because they did not run top ten. They didn't even sniff the top ten either night. Um, so uh, the setups that, that he used last year, throw them out the window because the new tires, and even this weekend, we, even after however many weeks it's been, over a month since we had these new tires, people still are talking about, how they can't figure them out yet, you know? So, um, and I think it was a good thing to have those new tires uh, because people were just, you know, these, these big time guys were just showing up with the same stuff every single time they went to each racetrack and it worked. Right, right. And I think it was good to clear that notebook out and kind of have a, a fresh start for some other guys, you know?
2: Brad Sweet and his crew seemed to figure it out before anybody else did.
12: Yeah. As soon as the new tire came out, he won two or three races relatively quickly. You know, which is no surprise. I mean, they're the four-time champions for a reason, right? They seem to uh, pick up on things very quickly. Eric Prutsman um, is probably going to be a sprint car Hall of Famer someday, right? As the crew chief on that car, so um, no surprise at all that they were able to pick it up quick. But man, there's still guys right now that are struggling to to get you know their bearing straight and. Um, I think one of them, one of those guys is Spencer Bates and Barry Jackson. But this weekend, it seemed like they finally got something figured out. And, you know, Dean Mills, uh, camera guy for Dirt Vision, camera guy for a lot of different broadcasts, he sent me a picture that, you know, Barry Jackson had a coil on the right rear this weekend at Eldora, and uh, that was the best Spencer looked in a long time, you know. So, um, it's just crazy how much a tire can affect uh, how, you know, how fast and how slow some guys are. Yep.
1: Chase, we always appreciate you taking the time to join us here each week on Mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Um, We're looking forward to talking about next week, and uh, we'll we'll talk about Williams Grove and Lincoln next week. Have a good one. Travel safe and uh, truck up and down the road safely. Okay, bud?
12: All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good show. We'll talk to you next Monday. I can't
2: wait to see you on Wednesday night.
12: All right. Thank you, buddy. Sounds good. Yep, see ya. There you have it. Chase Rodman
1: joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod in Supply. And I want to get in um, quickly before we get out of here. Um, what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum? They're going to give away a 2023 Z06 uh, Corvette with a Z07 performance package. It's a pearl white, metallic, Coat color. Along with $25,000 in cash they're going to give you so you can pay for the taxes. You can see the car on the screen right now. It's a beautiful road racing machine. It makes 760 horsepower. It's 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. That would set your head back just a little bit, wouldn't it, Todd?
3: That will do it. I think you could probably jump off the pit line at Speedway at, pretty quick at 2.6 seconds
1: 2.6 seconds strap in tight yep yeah and, and it's an eight-speed automatic it's got a lofty 8600 rpm creating 670 horsepower um that 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 is at 8600 rpm
3: yeah my my little car she starts screaming around 55 rpms you know she your, got your mustang the yellow the yellow light comes on at 55 and six i better i better get out of you it
1: better step up off of it
3: so at 86 is what they're <laughs> that's just right. another game you know what i'm saying that yep. just tells you yep. what you're looking at here. it's
1: an all aluminum cylinder block casting with a small block uh engine family uh the same guy puts that engine together and puts it in the car and signs off on the motor. It's the Z07 performance package including larger tires, wheels, larger brakes, the aero package. This is a unique Z06 Corvette with the Z07 performance package on it. You can buy the raffle tickets to buy this at, to, to win this car at winaz06corvette.com. Again, it's winaz06corvette.com. I might go to Knoxville this weekend, Kurt.
2: Yeah, you're on. You're on
1: the list. So
3: Jennifer said yeah. to pick a couple tickets up for us while you're there.
1: Oh, you want to go?
3: Well, I want to win the car, so she said, buy a couple tickets for us. I you. And, gotcha. and um, you know, put two in an envelope under the surprise name, and just
1: I'm gonna buy some uh, ZO uh, seven. Performance tickets. That's what, I, that's
3: what I'm wanting. I want
1: And
2: to... while you're up there, check out the Williams Grove Speedway exhibit now open at right. the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Williams Grove, big uh, topic of discussion this weekend with the Outlaws and the Salute to Williams Grove Speedway is now open at. The, and if you uh,
1: want to buy anything in the the showroom that they have, you can do that at sprintcarstuff.com. Sprintcarstuff.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply.
7: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod ends. radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it
10: is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
1: Welcome back. Mostly Motorsports. David David, a uh, Frog, he says, that I'll give you a ride when I win the Corvette. You're not going to win it. Kirk and I are going to win it.
3: The surprise fam is going to win we're it. We're
1: going to buy a, a crap load of tickets this year for that Corvette. I'm going to. I'm going to buy more tickets than I've ever bought before for that Corvette.
3: I'm going to buy two of them from you when you come back. <laughs> and I'm going to put them in my envelope, and then we'll see who wins. Yeah. What do you hey.
2: think? Of Aaron Reitzel had a big night at Knoxville, won both the 360 and the 410s Kirk on opening night. I was going to lead right into he, he it. And you you just, he
1: just fed me a wheel, he didn't what, he? he? He just wheeled me right there. No, was, he he was, just gave me a big old wheel right there. He. It was on my mind, and I...
3: I, I was going to bring it up. <laughs> he had it on his notes, Kirk. He, knew it. He, 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 he
1: just can't. He just can't.
3: Uh, he loves it.
1: He just he wants to just he give loves, me the wheel.
3: He loves to get this the steers back right into the. He,
1: he, he wants to be the first to say anything.
3: <laughs> he had, his, That's Kirk Elliott. He had it on his mind before the break. Here's what happened. Kirk thought about it right before the break, and then he thought through the whole break.
1: Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wheel Scott right there on he, the start of this, in this next he segment. He said, I've
3: got this thought about I need to make sure I get this story out so I don't forget, and then he did, but he didn't think you were going to get to it.
1: That's so, what
2: my my question still stands. What you think about that? <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, I think that uh, um, that he, he picked up the 360 and the 410 win this weekend. Yeah,
2: only the fifth driver to have done that at Knoxville. Is that Only five drivers have done that? Terry McCarl's done it four times. Brian Brown's done it three times. Oh, by the way, Brian Brown, fourth-place finish at Eldora the other night. Oh, I know Think about that. Yeah. Uh, Justin Henderson's done it three times. And Dennis Moore, Jr. has done it once. Now, Aaron Reitzel, who won the 360 Nationals last year, won both the 410. He started on the front row of the 410 main, and uh, I believe he started fifth in the 360 feature the other night.
1: Did you see where Parker Price Miller is parting ways with his race team?
2: Yeah, boy, we got a lot of silly season news going yeah, around. Ayrton Geneton, we got uh news about him as well. Yeah. Man.
1: Yeah, you know, that 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 was a little surprising to me that Ayrton and Fisher Body Shop parted yeah. ways. I was a little no, I didn't see that coming. I was a little set back by that one.
2: I mean, I've been shocked by all of this, to be right honest with you. Buddy Cofoid separating with Leighton Crouch. Yeah, I I didn't see this kind of news coming here. We're not even to the middle of May
1: yet. Right. Did you see where... uh, uh Ricky Thornton Jr. wins that Ralph Latham Memorial. Did you see that? That was a hell of a race. Did you watch that? That was a damn good race. That was a great race.
2: at Florence Speedway, that's the site of the North-South 100, one of the crown jewel events and all of dirt late model racing. They had that every year about the same weekend as the Knoxville Nationals. But that is a great racetrack. And the Ralph Latham Memorial the other night did not disappoint Ricky Thornton Jr. uh, outrunning Hudson O'Neill. And, you know, Jonathan Davenport led quite a bit of that race yeah, the other night. I no think well, if he gets out in front, well, nobody's going to touch him. But here comes Ricky Thornton Jr., and uh, Hudson O'Neill had a shot at him, but uh, Thornton able to pick up the big win.
1: Yeah. Do you see where C.J. Leary picked up the non wing win at Eldora? I did. And Justin Grant, who
2: won on Friday night, came back on Saturday night, and he got caught up. Uh, uh, Zach Pretorius spun out. In turn number three, and Justin Grant tried to slide and it just couldn't miss him and hit Petorius' car and went flipping up over another car. Fortunately, he was able to get out okay, but uh, tough night on Saturday for Justin Grant.
1: Brady Bacon ended up running second, and Kyle Cummins ended up running third.
2: That was on Friday night, but Brady had some mechanical problems on Saturday night. He pulled off the racetrack. I'm not sure what happened to him but uh, C.J. Leary had it all going on on Saturday night. He led pretty much the whole way in that race.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, Rico, he ran second to Logan Schuhart on, uh, what night was that? That was Friday night. Friday night. night. World of Outlaws yeah. race.
2: Logan won. that was a hell of a finish. I, I didn't think Shuhart was going to be able to hold off Rico in that race, but he did. But then Saturday night, Schuhart flipped his car. Got upside down, ruined his night. So is feast or famine for both Justin Grant in the non-wing class and Logan Schuart in the wing division. Both those guys winning on Friday
1: night, ending up upside down Saturday night. Yeah. Um, Kirk, uh, uh, Hudson O'Neill picked up the win at Atomic. They they had an all-star race and a Lucas Oil Late Model race at the same time, didn't they? How
2: about that sprint car yeah. late model doubleheader? Yeah. With, uh, Kyle Larson winning the uh, sprint car race and Hudson O'Neill in the late model show. Mm-hmm. That w- that's the best of both worlds here when you get winged sprint cars, and and late the models best of late models on one card. You don't see that very
1: often. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So, um, and Mike Marler wins the uh, uh, race at Junction City, uh, Kentucky. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was his first win since winning the Flow Racing Night of America at Eldor a couple of weeks ago. Right. Had a great run.
1: That was at Ponderosa, wasn't it?
2: Ponderosa. That That's was, that Junction been, City, Kentucky. That was on Friday night. Right thursday night they were at atomic uh, speedway friday at ponderosa saturday at florence speedway for the Lucas Oil late models world of outlaw late models not such a great weekend they got a preliminary night in up at the dairyland showdown up at uh, mississippi thunder speedway in wisconsin but friday and saturday wiped out fifty thousand dollar to win race didn't happen Trent right. Barry talked about that here just a little bit ago he was up there for that but uh only saw one night of action.
1: Where are you going to go this weekend, Kurt? Uh,
2: I, I'm going to go up to US 36 Raceway on Friday night for the uh, Malvern Bank Late Model Series. going to be in action at US 36 on Friday night.
1: And then they run at CMS on, on CMS Saturday night. on
2: Saturday night. So I might go to both those places. Wow. Then, of course, uh, we're a week away. Belleville be coming up. Uh, the weekend after that so we got a lot of big races coming up hey uh one other note uh, lucas hole speedway had the impact signs awnings and wraps open wheel showdown normally i get to that down there but couldn't yep. make it with kansas speedway weekend they had the midgets the uh, non-wing sprint cars and the wing sprint cars in action down at lucas hole speedway power eye sprints was won by chase johnson the Power Eye National and West Midget Series feature was won by Jacob Denny. And Matt Covington wins the ASCS Warrior Sooner Regional uh, Wing Sprint Car feature on Saturday night down at uh, Lucas Hole Speedway.
1: You know, that those those late models will probably be pretty good down at CMS, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm
2: i been coming, coming
1: up. How often do you see late models run at CMS? Not very often. The they used to run late models down there weekly. Yeah. Remember that? They're not
2: not super late models, not Mm-mm. the caliber of drivers that's going to be at uh, both U.S. 36 and Central Missouri Speedway this weekend. That, that's a pretty good doubleheader, so I'm thinking about going to both those shows.
1: Yeah. Where are you headed? Uh, I don't know. Knoxville. i I'm, I'm thinking about going to Knoxville this weekend. We've got a, a
2: spot up there at the North Campground. You can take the motor home up there. Or you just no, drive up no, I'll probably just
1: out. go up there and get a room. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm glad they finally got a show in at Knoxville. It took them four weeks to get the opening night in, and they, they got it done on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, you know, the big event at Knoxville that I'm looking forward to is the weekend after Memorial Weekend when they have the USAC non-wing sprint cars up there, the Corn Belt Clash. That's Hall of Fame Weekend at Knoxville. I'm heading up there for that.
1: Hey, Kirk. Um, Chad Golf picked up the win with the MWRA at um, Humboldt. Humboldt this weekend.
2: Yeah, that was uh, that was big night of racing, and they had the uh, doubleheader with the Extreme. Uh, Midget Series at Humboldt Speedway on Friday night. They were also down at uh, 81 Speedway on Saturday night. Both those series were down there for that. And uh, the uh, racing at Humboldt looked like that was a pretty good show down there on Saturday night. They
1: only had 14 cars, though.
2: In the uh, non-wing sprint cars. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A little surprised by that?
2: Uh no because they also ran non-wing sprint cars in the war region at Sweet Springs on Friday night and Saturday night at Lucas Hole Speedway so the the non-wing sprint cars were split up two you, different sites you, both Friday you and you Saturday always do
1: night. this kirk yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: just uh, but they they had the uh, they had the field split up and two different locations for both Friday and Saturday night. So the car counts were going to be a little bit uh, thinner than they normally would be. I I don't know why they didn't try to work together on the uh, non-wing sprint cars this weekend. Normally they, especially with the uh, promoters
1: do not try to work together. Well,
2: you know, I'm thinking, you know, the uh, impact signs, awnings and wraps open wheel showdown down at Lucas hole speedway. Mm -hmm. That's a big event that, you know, that might, try to work together but the extreme midget series uh came in and scheduled a couple of events both at humboldt and 81 speedway over the weekend so that uh you know when you have a lot of these events on the same weekend that uh, thins out the crowd just a little bit
1: yeah no doubt about it all right we want to thank everybody for tuning in to mostly motorsports today um all of our um uh, uh
2: Oh, I, I, just before you wrap things up, Chase McDermott swept both the Extreme Midget Series at Humboldt and 81 Speedway. Okay. I'll throw that in. Chase McDermott, big, big weekend for him.
1: Gotcha. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. We want to thank Todd Surprise for doing such a great job each and every week thanks, with Max. us. And uh, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer, saying thanks for joining us. We'll be doing it all over again next Monday, 12 noon Central Time. We hope that you'll join us. And, uh, Tammy, have a great week yourself. I'm jealous that I'm not going to Williams Grove and Lincoln this weekend. I'm just telling you. I wish I was there this weekend. So
3: tune in to track talk and we'll have an update. on. I'll that. be
1: watching it on TV. That's
3: right. We'll talk about it on Saturday morning. Yeah, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, we're getting into that time of the year where the racing's just going to be coming hot and heavy.
3: Yeah,
1: no doubt. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. It's all been brought to you by uh, Rod In Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to be racing down at Electric City Speedway on May 12th for Todd's prize. For Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.